1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
2: Real people,
1: real crimes, real life drama.
3: It was January 22nd, 1998. It was Stan's 38th birthday. He didn't come to work, and that's not like Stanley. Here's a very diligent person with a very high profile job, and he had an appointment that he didn't show up for and didn't call anybody about. A federal prosecutor was missing, and nobody knew where he was. A group of his friends were throwing him a party at a club in downtown Manhattan. It was his birthday and he didn't come to his own birthday party.
4: Did he go out? Did he go partying? Did he drink? Was he using drugs? Was he involved in some sex capades? You know, they were saying no, you know, he's kind of a quiet, mild-mannered guy. Like, he wouldn't just disappear. He wouldn't just not come to work.
3: One possibility was that he was at home, either ill or, or sleeping or passed out. When we arrived at Stanley's apartment, the superintendent didn't have the key. So one of the guys followed the building superintendent up the fire escape and the superintendent used his elbow to smash in Stanley's kitchen windows. There was nothing that indicated that Stanley had been there recently. Then somebody pressed the answering machine on his telephone.
5: Hi, it's Dan. Please leave a message.
3: You know, beep, happy birthday from some friend or relative. And then the third message was, this is your credit card company calling to say there's unusual activity on your card. A couple of beeps after that was even worse. A person called And she said, I found your wallet in Bedford-Stuyvesant, in the garbage. And that was really scary. Bedford-Stuyvesant is a tough neighborhood in Brooklyn. What would his wallet be doing Bedford-Stuyvesant? Somebody said, maybe he's lying in an alleyway somewhere bleeding. And somebody else said, or maybe, or he was dead.
4: This is unbelievable. There's got to be something more to the story. As we started to look into it, people were thinking, this is just really way too crazy to be true.
0: hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected including when home appliances break down an american home shield warranty can restore your sense of security it's simple when a covered item in your home breaks contact american home shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it right now you could take 20% off go to ahs.com/48 to save 20% that's hs.com/48
3: This was clearly a serious item in New York City. A federal prosecutor is missing. He hasn't been heard from for 24 hours. People are scared.
4: There was sort of this hysteria in the apartment with his friends there. You know, everybody had their theory, you know, of where Stan was and what happened to Stan.
3: Certainly it was possible to me that he'd been murdered.
4: You know, we're sort of trying to come up with a plan of action when the phone rings. We sort of looked at each other and were like, well, somebody get it.
7: So I, I answer the phone and uh, and the voice on the other end of the phone says, this is Stan, who is this? And so I tell him who I am. I say, are you all right? And he says, yes, I'm all right, but I was kidnapped.
4: And we were sort of kind of stunned by that. You know, he was kidnapped. I mean, who would kidnap a United States attorney?
5: I just ran for it. I ran across Prospect Park West and went down one of the side streets on my way to Seventh Avenue. There was a pizza place that was open, and I and I start saying to the guy behind the counter, "Can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? I was just kidnapped. Can I use your phone? I'm a I'm, I'm a federal prosecutor, but 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 I made it out. You know, can I please use your phone? I got to call people." He looked at me like uh, I had three
7: heads.
4: And I said, Stan, where are you? So all we got on the phone was, I'm at a pizzeria in Brooklyn. Stay where you are, we're coming to get you. Stay where you are.
3: We piled in cars. I went with one agent.
7: I remember feeling incredibly frustrated, because he wasn't zooming through the red lights. When the agents and detectives picked up Stan in Brooklyn, he was in front of a pizzeria, right where he said he would be.
3: When we drove up and I saw him, he looked almost like a skeleton.
4: He looked exhausted. He was really, really nervous. Um, You know, looked like um, he'd been up all night.
5: So they drove me from Brooklyn to the 9th precinct in the East Village and they brought me inside and they put me in a room.
4: And uh, they started questioning him and he started going through his story. And it wasn't until, you know, hours later that we would start hearing, you know, the details of that evening, you know, between the drugs and the sex.
8: People were like, you know, this doesn't make sense at all. It was a pretty bizarre story um, that most people were having trouble embracing.
4: You're kind of rolling your eyes thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy, this is crazy.
5: The night of January 21st, 1998, I went on a blind date. didn't work out. An hour later, I got on the train to come home. It was a freezing cold night, one of those bitterly cold uh, winter New York nights. There was nobody around. It was roughly 11 o'clock. I was walking down 10th Street toward Fifth Avenue in the village. And as I get toward the corner of 10th Street and Fifth Avenue from out of nowhere, I didn't see it. I didn't hear it before. I feel a tug on my elbow. I spin around. There's a big, fat, black-barreled automatic machine gun sticking in my gut. There are two guys behind me, they shove me from behind, they push me out into the street. Move, move. Don't say a word. Just get in the car. They put me in the back seat of the car. I could see the outline of the word Lexus on the dash, so I knew we were in a Lexus. The guy in front of me starts talking. What's your name? Stanley. Stanley, let me tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna take you to the cash machine and we're gonna get your money. And if you with us, we will kill you. That guy was named Lucky. The toughest thug was called Sen. He was across from me to the right. And almost by accident, I didn't want to. I looked at him, our eyes met, and Sen stuck his pistol in my face. And he screamed at me, he's got big eyes. I should kill you for those big eyes. The guy on my right, his name was Ren. Ren seemed to be more of a henchman. He seemed to be the one who would just do what they told him. They took me to the cash machine at 23rd Street and 6th Avenue. Lucky goes in to get money. So they asked me how much I had in my savings account. And I knew I had to tell the truth because all I have to do is go put in my PIN number and they can know everything. So I said somewhere around $110,000. They heard that number and they were amazed. Well, that's the point where the plan shifted. They drove towards the West Side Highway and Lucky started explaining to me what their plan was. He said, we're gonna hold you overnight and tomorrow morning we're gonna take you to a bank and you're gonna withdraw $50,000. And if you don't cooperate, we'll kill you. And then he ordered Wren to blindfold me. So Wren pulls my scarf off and wraps it Wraps it around my eyes, you know, my own scarf, ties it tight. Then he shoved me down on the seat next to him in a fetal position and they drove. I didn't know where we were going. It was too early to think at that point. I was just petrified. It was it was the most horrifying moment you can imagine. They decided that they had caught something that they wanted to keep for a while. That was me.
0: A sense of safety is important to everyone, and that's why I want to talk to you about Simply Safe. It's an advanced security system that protects your entire home so you can rest easy. Simply Safe is completely customizable with advanced sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. You can have 24-7 professional home monitoring for less than $1 a day. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk-free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Don't wait. Visit SimplySafe.com/slash 48 hours. That's SimplySafe.com. Slash 48 hours. There's no safe like Simply
1: Safe. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions
5: The agents interviewed me with all deliberate seriousness, and they kept me there for hours.
4: Stan told a story. You know, he's kidnapped off the streets at gunpoint, but, I uh...
5: I had absolutely no clue that they didn't find my story credible. Not a clue. you got to keep in mind I'm blindfolded. What you learn if you're blindfolded is you can pick up a lot with through your sense of hearing. When we go through the tunnel that's at the bottom of Manhattan, I know we're through that tunnel because it sounds different. And a few minutes later I could hear us going over a bridge. So I knew we we're going somewhere in Brooklyn or Queens. They pushed me out of the car. I went up a couple of steps, through a doorway, a couple steps more, through another doorway, down a long thin hallway, and then they shoved me up the stairs. And now I'm trapped in somebody's apartment. and I can still see a little bit out the bottom of my blindfold. I can see two mattresses on the floor. It looks like a place where people just crash. The most obviously terrifying, violent member of the gang was sent. Actually, I could practically feel him close to me at one point, you know, pointing the gun at me and saying, Stanley, you ever see one of these guns? All I got to do is pull the trigger and bam, 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 your brains will be all over that wall. Repeatedly, they kept cocking and uncocking the guns so that I could hear it. They demanded my father's address. It was in my wallet. Lucky told me that if I didn't cooperate with them at the bank in the morning, he would kill my father, that they would break every bone in my father's body.
7: It always
3: drove me crazy that they picked him of all people because apparently they thought he was some rich Wall Street lawyer type. Stan was a federal prosecutor. That was a very important job. He's a person who wants to make an impact on the world, and in many ways wants to make the world a better place. Stanley was certainly not born with a silver spoon. He was the kind of guy who had to work for everything he had. I grew up lower middle class in Brooklyn. We
5: didn't have a lot of money. I spent all my time out on the streets. I was a little guy, a little skinny guy, so talking your way out of things was one good skill that you, that you needed to learn. A few minutes later, I could hear the front door of the apartment open, and I could hear a bunch of footsteps. I could hear them talking, Hey, Dee, hey, Mystic, what's up, how you doing? How'd you do out on the street?
4: Mercedes and Mystic come into the apartment. These two teenage girls, who are prostitutes, and they friends of Ren and Sen.
5: So a few minutes after that, Lucky left the apartment. And, you know, you got the feeling that people were kind of settling in. Somebody struck a match and you could smell the marijuana. So then they're smoking pot, and you can hear that there are sexual acts going on. And you know, this was awful good thing that I was blindfolded, because I couldn't see what was happening around me.
4: So here is Stan, this sort of reserved U.S. attorney, is sitting on a mattress while Two people are having sex next to him. Um, and then another couple is having sex across the room. Oh my gosh, this didn't happen. This guy got lost for 24 hours and he needs a good story.
5: And then, you know, when it was over, there was a calm in the room. So Sen asked me, Stanley, what, you know, what would you be doing if, um, if we hadn't grabbed you on the street? I'd be meeting my friends for a concert because that day was my birthday. And they heard that and they just burst out laughing. Oh my God, we kidnapped the on his birthday. (laughs) Then Sen says, you know, it's your birthday. You deserve something nice for your birthday. How about a from one of these girls? These are nice girls. And I said, no thanks. And then they kept pushing it. Stanley, you should take it, because, you know what, I think the girls like you. So I said, you know what, the only reason they like me is because most of my face is covered. Here's a guy who's been
8: kidnapped. You know, he's sitting there, and they're offering him oral sex. A lot, I think, the more uh, seasoned individuals didn't believe it at all.
5: (laughs) I can't explain it. I just tried to make them not dislike me so that they wouldn't want to kill me. In the middle of the night, San and Ren were openly discussing what their plans were with me. And San wasn't happy with the plan. He didn't think it was going to work. It's not going to look right.
4: It's going to look odd for two black men to be taking this sort of uh, nerdy white man into the bank and he's, you know, withdrawing all this money.
5: So Lucky comes back at four in the morning and Ren and Sen say, look, we got to talk to you and they go outside the room. They talked for a couple of minutes and then Lucky pops his head back in the room and he says, Stanley, tell me again what you do for a living? And I say, I'm an assistant US attorney. And he says, US, oh no. The FBI is going to be after us. And that's when Lucky told me that they changed the plan. And he says, Stanley, look, I got good news for you. We're going to be taking you back. I'm going to come back here at 7 in the morning. We're going to take you back and let you go. They stayed outside the room at that point talking. So did I think they might be planning to kill me? Sure. Until this thing was over, I knew that... My life was hanging by a thread the whole time.
9: This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.
1: Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about, all from the comfort of your home? at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
5: In the early morning hours, things got very quiet. There wasn't much activity. And, you know, I could feel that dawn had come. I could hear buses going by. And I also could hear seagulls. Then this guy Lewis shows up and he's renting the space to them. Sen and Ren have decided that they want to get out of there. They've got things to attend to. So they tell Lewis, here's our guns, you stay here, you hold these guns, you watch this guy until we get back. Lewis so offered me food. Actually all of them offered me food at one point or another. I thought about trying to convince Lewis to let me go. There were hours where the other guys went out. He's there holding the guns. He's with the girls. But he was a volatile, paranoid, scared kind of guy. And what I was really afraid of is that if I tried to go down that path, if I tried to convince him to let me go, he'd freak out. I mean, just pull the trigger on that Tech-9, multiple bullets are gonna come out per second. I'm done. You know, 25 hours of being blindfolded and sitting on a mattress, you have a lot of time to think. And what I was thinking was, if I don't get killed, I'm gonna gather enough evidence so that these guys get put away and they don't do it to anybody else again. I had a lot of clues that could help them find these guys. I could actually see the pattern on the tiles as we went into the building and I tried to memorize the pattern. I could tell it was a railroad flat in an old tenement building. So I counted the steps of the first landing and I counted it to the second landing. They tortured me, they threatened to murder me, they threatened to kill my father. I couldn't possibly allow them to do that to another person ever. I was absolutely devastated by the thought that anybody would hurt my father.
8: During the interview when Stan was sharing about his dad and his concerns about his father, you could see a physical change. Now it was becoming emotional. This is something he was feeling. And for me as an investigator, it's telling me that he's telling me the truth. You know, we ended up after several hours of talking to him, you know, believing what he said.
5: Hour after hour goes by and nobody knows where's Lucky. Nobody is telling me why he didn't come back nobody is telling me why they haven't set me free about six or seven o'clock ren and sen came back so there was a period of a few hours when things got lighter And you know, they started getting friendly. They wanted legal advice.
4: I think one of them had gotten into some sort of a car accident and uh, he had some injuries from it. He wanted to know Stan's opinion, that would he be able to have a lawsuit.
5: And he wanted to know how much his case was worth. He had a lumbar problem. He had to go to a chiropractor once a week. He wanted to know how much he could get for his case. He had a lawyer, but he had, look, he, he had me there. He had a chance for a second opinion. And then there was this whole where everybody sat around like we were at a dinner party. And starts telling jokes, and they kept calling me Steven, and I kept correcting them and said, my name's not Steven, it's, it's Stanley. And at one point, Ren says, oh, sorry, Stanley. <laughs> uh, it's our mistake, Steven's the guy we did this to the other night. And then somewhere around 10 o'clock at night, Lucky comes back, comes bursting through the door. Right away, the mood changed. Lucky was the boss, he's back. They're not gonna be joking around anymore. Everybody is dead serious, everybody is quiet. And he says, come on, let's go. And boom, like with military precision, they marched me out the door. I started to get very nervous. I started to feel palpitations in my heart. I got a sweat on the back of my neck and my forehead. I felt a little sick. Lucky stopped at the doorway, turned back to me, and said, Stanley, let me ask you something. If you had the chance to put me away for life, would you do it? Look, you already told me you know where I live. You know where my father lives. I don't know who you are. I don't know where we are. And you say you're gonna release me unarmed, I don't think this has to go any further. Nobody says a word. Lucky gets out of the car until a minute later, I hear the trunk opening. And then I heard the sound of duct tape being pulled off of a roll. And it's that point that I was positive that my life was over. I was sure they were gonna kill me right then and there. Suddenly, your whole life flashes in front of you. You'll never call somebody, you'll never watch a movie, you'll never sit down to a meal, you'll never meet somebody with the hope of getting married. All those things that make up life, for me, in that moment, when I heard the duct tape pulling off the roll, that was over, and I and and that was really, the most horrific feeling anybody can imagine. So, second later, I heard Lucky applying the tape to the plastic that was covering the broken window on his car, and then it slowly dawned on me that I had just made a big mistake. Overnight, somebody had broken into his car, smashed the passenger side window, so uh, he was just fixing the plastic. They kept driving and drove for, I don't know, maybe another 10 or 15 minutes. And then they stopped the car again. And the guy to my right says, should we give him $20 for a cab? Of course it was $20 of my own money. But that sounded courteous. But they might've been tricking me. I really didn't know. That same guy opened the door. And, and, they, and, and he took me outside, and I'm still blindfolded, and he said, put your hands up. And he says, you just walk. So I took a step, and then another step. And eventually, I think I can very gently hear the Lexus pulling away. So I said, are you there? nobody answered and I ripped the blindfold off and I spun around and they were gone and that was the happiest moment of my life it was it was it was it was, it was ecstasy it was pure ecstasy I just ran for it yeah you know, I recognized that it was Prospect Park. I grew up there, I, I was there all the time. So I was rushing to find a business or restaurant, something like that, where I could go in and make a call.
4: And then when the phone call came in, that's when the energy in the room sort of went from zero to 60. But just stay where you are, stay where you are. The The precinct was crazy, it was a buzz with energy. You know, they debriefed him and they started typing up the report. And it was, as she was typing it, we were pulling it off. She would get a half a page typed, and we would yell, print it. She'd print it, and then we would run with it. We had one group of people, you know, running down, you know, ran and Sen. we had another group that was looking for Lucky, looking for that Lexus. We had people looking for the prostitutes. We ran Mercedes, that nickname, through the NYPD database, found a, a young female who'd been arrested a number of times for prostitution.
2: Our job was to try to see if we could locate Mercedes and in interview her. I'd seen a number of pictures of her from, you know, her rap sheets. There's these two girls standing in front of this building. As soon as we walk up, I recognize uh, Mercedes right from the pictures. So I actually say to her, hey Mercedes, how you doing? You know, I said, hey, listen, we got to talk to you for a minute. When you do an interview with somebody, what you want to do is you want to basically elevate the level of threat towards them, which make them feel like they're in a world of trouble. You have no idea, I said, you and your Friends have basically done one of the worst things you could possibly ever do. You kidnapped a, a US attorney, and I said, I'm an FBI agent. And I said, and if you've ever been in trouble before, you have no f-ing idea what kind of trouble you're going to be in now.
4: So she gave up everything that she knew. You know, she started rambling off Lucky and Ren and Sand, and all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh. You know, everything that Stan had told us, she she confirmed for us. She said she had felt sorry for Stan and had offered him oral sex because it was his birthday and she felt bad for him. Based on the information that she provided, um, we had Lucky's cell phone number. Every time he, he turned his phone on, we were able to see what cell tower it was pinging off of. So we were able to sort of narrow down where he was. So um, we had agents and detectives out in Brooklyn.
10: A lot of police work is boring, but when you get to the hunt, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. I always loved the hunt. The Lexus had a broken window. We were told, uh, but we also had a plate number, and it was about nine o'clock at night when the, when the Lexus drove by us. So that's when uh, our hearts started beating and we uh, gave pursuit. You know or you believe that they're all armed and and you know you have to really be careful at this point because we just don't know what's gonna be the next move on their part. Well, we pull them over. We're on both sides of the car, right? Uh, We all have our guns drawn and we're telling them we wanna see their hands. We wanna see all their hands. The perks we pulled out of the car were lucky and sent. We cuffed each one of them. And we got into our cars and we all drove back to Manhattan. Wren was picked up by uh, a couple of other detectives, uh, probably not much later. Criminals have the idea when they come into an interrogation room, they're going to outsmart me. My feeling is if they had brains, we would be in trouble.
3: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
10: My end goal is to solicit the truth. I wanna know the truth. If I have to cry or laugh in an interrogation room to get the truth, I'll do that. If I have to be their friend, I'll do that. The first interview I conduct is with the defendant, Lucky. He kept saying, I didn't do anything wrong, I know my rights. And he says, I'm having a lot of trouble remembering even what's going on in the last few days. He said I had a very, very bad time. It really screwed up my mind. I said, Well, why don't you tell me about your bad time? So he went on to tell me how. Two male blacks came over to him, approached him, pulled out guns and forced him into his car. And uh, while they were driving him around, they uh, brought him to different banks and gave him a- an ATM card and they made him withdraw money. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, that's horrible. Ray sent told him to go back to Brooklyn, uh, to an apartment they had over in Brooklyn. And he went back to the apartment, And he said, my sole objective here was to calm Stanley down. He said, I could see he looked a little bit nervous. He said, I really liked Stanley. I I thought he was a nice fella. And I felt really bad about him. He said that Ren and Sam were bad guys and that uh, they were more than willing to kill this guy. And he insisted that they had to let him go. I tell you, it brought tears to my eyes that he was such a concerning human being. Uh, He was so concerned about Stanley. Once I had that, I, I had really more than I needed.
7: Lewis walked into the precinct and surrendered. Said to the death sergeant, I understand you're looking for me, and told him who he was.
10: Right away, Lewis didn't strike me as being very intelligent. And I said to him, Lewis, I got Lucky. I got Brin. I got And I got Mercedes. I says, and they're all saying, you're the ringleader. You're the guy that set this up for Stanley. I says, don't say a word. I said, before anything, I want to know, are you going to be on my team or their team? And he looked at me and said, I want to be on your team. I said, you got it. And he said, I didn't do anything. He said, it was my apartment. He said, all I did was sit with Stanley. He said, I had nothing to do with the kidnapping, right? And I really shouldn't even be here. But If criminals had brains, we'd be out of business. It's... 12 or 15 hours later. Now we've got everybody wrapped up. Now we have everybody in a big holding cell. I'm on the other side of the squad room and I got my foot up on the desk and I'm smoking a cigarette. And I hear, psst, I'm looking around I hear pssst. I look across the room and it's Lewis and he's got his face in between the bars. So I go walking across the room, I said, what's the matter? He says, I want to know, am I still on your team?
3: I said, yes you are. And with that, I fell right to the floor.
4: (laughs) When they picked him on the street, they had no idea that this mild-mannered man was going to turn out to be an amazing, amazing witness.
8: He truly had to have a survival instinct in order to get through an ordeal like that. Oh, he was great. He was the best. He was able to joke with them. He was respectful. He was polite.
7: The things that Stan remembered, the evidence that he gave us, was critical in solving this case. Absolutely critical.
5: They eventually all decided to plead guilty. The girls got shorter sentences, and the men got substantial time.
10: I personally believe that they got what they deserved. There was no doubt about it. We have the right to be able to go from point A to point B without being accosted by people with guns and dragged off and held somewhere against your will.
5: Looking back, the post-kidnapping part of my life is really better than the pre-kidnapping part of my life. I think I learned some important lessons these days i live life more fully a year after it happened i got myself a dog which i'd wanted for a long time it's a little silly but i went out and bought myself a little cabrio convertible just recently uh god finally blessed me and had me meet somebody who i fell in love with well i managed to get married, which was, you know, one of the happiest moments of my life. And so in many ways, this kidnapping was a wake-up call to me. It made me realize how precious life is. Bucky, Wren, Sen, and Lewis received sentences ranging from 15 years to life. Mercedes received six months. Mystic was never charged. Stanley Alpert has written a book about his ordeal. It's called The Birthday Party.
11: New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.
9: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.